Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, freedom lovers everywhere. It's 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to my fellow Americans back in the USA and to the rest of you freedom lovers everywhere else in the world. Broadcasting to you here from Christchurch, New Zealand. This is John Verd, your host, and I will be here dropping truth bombs and chatting with you about stuff that matters to all of us who care about liberty and freedom. So while this is traditionally a date for celebration, and it still is, we also find ourselves once again embattled with tyrants, every bit as much as the American forefathers did 247 years ago. The difference being now that it's not as much a physical as it is a psychological and cultural war. It's not like the kinetic war between George Washington and King George III but a battle between good and evil. This time, it's between an elite cabal of globalists and the entire free world. And that's why, as you may have noticed, the image for this episode is the U.S. flag upside down. According to the U.S. flag code, that is, when it's done that way, a sign or a signal of dire distress in instances of extreme danger to life or property. I remember when I first learned about this, accidentally, when I was in third grade and I was uh, one of the um, crosswalk patrols in grade school where we would go out and help with uh, holding the flags out, you know, helping kids cross the street before and after school. And another one of our duties was in the morning first thing to go up and fly the flag out in front of the building of the school. And uh, me and my other patrol person and we went out there in the morning and uh, just like we had done a bunch of times before um, just unfurled the flag hooked it up to the flag post or the pole and just uh, flew it up there and um, about a half hour into uh, first period class the principal came in and talked to our teacher and they uh, muttered to themselves for a minute and then uh, asked myself and my fellow cohort to uh, come out there into the hallway and ask us uh, why had we put the flag upside down or had we done that and we shrugged and were like well we didn't know I guess we didn't really look at it once we'd uh, uh, raised it up the pole and uh, she explained to us that they were getting phone calls of concerned drivers uh, driving by the school wondering if the school was being uh, hijacked or under siege or something and uh, you know we just Said, oh, uh, we had no idea. We didn't even look. And so the, um, after a little stern talking there, the teacher explained to us that we need to be very careful uh, which direction we hoist the flag. So uh, that was how I learned about what that means. And uh, so I know now that it is a warning to other patriots when we are under siege. And ladies and gentlemen, we are under siege right now whether you want to admit it or not but you can't overcome what you're unwilling to admit is happening so the sooner we can admit it the sooner we can come together to stop it so let's make this fourth of july about 1776 worldwide and briefly in the news uh, by now everybody knows about hunter biden's laptop from hell but did you hear the latest? 
you probably have about uh, Joe Biden being caught with the secret global burner phone paid for by Hunter's firm. Uh, reading from newswars.com, Joe Biden was in possession of a secret global burner cell phone while vice president, paid for by Hunter Biden's firm, Just the News journalist John Solomon reported on Wednesday. Solomon explained for the first time how in 2019 he called a mysterious cell phone number that was leaked from Hunter Biden's infamous laptop from hell by the FBI, which was answered by none other than Joe Biden himself. I'm going to play you the uh, video clip of him talking about it here. What was turned over from the FBI, there had been some documents that law enforcement had gotten through other means. And one of those documents got leaked to me, and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone, and guess who picked up the phone? Oh, boy. Joe Biden. Joe? Joe oh, Biden. What? Boy, was he shocked when he got uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He hung up pretty quickly. So I know the current Biden regime makes America look like a joke, but just because the airplane has been hijacked doesn't mean that we want to crash it. I think we need to focus on three domains. You know, we a lot of us in the the freedom movement have varying opinions on you know where all this is going to go. Um, you know, those of us who are Christians reading out of Revelations, it really seems like either someone's trying to fulfill that plan or it's going down. But I don't think we should be blackpilled or give up, um, especially if you're a Christian. You, We know and we have our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that he will keep his promises. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't take action or do something about it and help spread the word. That's what I'm doing here. But if we want to at least mitigate some of the coming disasters, economic crashes and other things they've got stored up for us, I think we, we need to focus on three domains primarily. And I would call them the three Ps. That is politics, prepping, and prayer. As far as politics, we need to work within the system while it's up and running as much as we can. And within politics, I would also include economics, politically, economically, you know, there are things that we can do. We can continue to vote despite whatever shenanigans and cheating there may be or voter fraud. If enough of us get out there, we can make it very difficult for them to steal elections. Whether you believe that there has been any voter fraud or not, we still need to be politically active and get out there and vote and don't be complacent. We also need to hold our politicians' feet to the fire. Write your congressman when you see something wrong. And that also includes, um, within the P of politics, economics. We can vote with our dollars. And we've seen how effective that can be with the uh, recent Target scandal and also with the Bud Light scandal. And they finally fired that marketing executive. So, you know, the people can have an effect and in the marketplace as well as politics. Uh, the other thing we can focus on is prepping, preparing. It never hurts to be prepared. I learned at an early age as a Boy Scout, you know, their motto was be prepared. And so that's been instilled in me since a very early age. And I think there's some valuable lessons there. You know, you don't go out camping without, you know, taking a source of water, bring a hunting knife, bring some rope, bring things for uh, making a fire, you know, simple things like that. 
And now what we're facing with, you know, possible food shortages, it doesn't hurt to stock up on food. You know, it's a simple insurance policy. You can at least mitigate some of the problems of inflation by buying more food ahead of time now before it gets really expensive or even becomes not available at all. And uh, in future episodes, I will be sharing with you some resources where you can do that. Uh, talking about food preservation and storage for the long haul. And also within that uh, P of prepping, I would include another P, physical fitness. We need to do everything that we can to be physically and mentally prepared and um, strong and have our wits about us. And so I highly recommend being as physically fit as you can be. I know not everybody's at the same level or has the same uh, motivation, but even some basic exercises and just getting out there and moving, getting some fresh air and uh, being physically fit, eating well, uh, those things can go a long way to keeping our immune system strong. Who knows what else they're going to throw at us as far as uh, global pandemics. There are rumors of other things coming our way. Who knows? And so the least you can do is uh, try to be fit. And ultimately, the final P is prayer. Just remembering that at the end of the day, it's all in God's hands. And if we have trust in him, then we have hope. But today, I'd like to focus on this historic date, the 4th of July, and remind people that governments don't have the authority to grant or take away our rights. John Adams, the second president of the United States, had this to say. You have rights antecedent to all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws, rights derived from the great legislator of the universe, Powerful words from the second president of the United States. And also from Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And finally, from Edmund Burke, who lived from 1729 to 1797, one of the great philosophers of the age. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So let's all keep that in mind. And now I'm going to play a reading of the Constitution as read by Max McLean. As much as I like to hear myself talk, Max McLean does a much better job than I could. Uh, this was posted on YouTube by Scott Batcher. He's got a great Christian channel. If you'd like to check it out and give him a thumbs up, his handle is at sbatch4. That's at S-B-A-C-H and the number four. Okay, here it is. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies. And such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws. 
giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial, from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, 
conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Okay, and that's all I've got for you today. This historic day, 4th of July, Independence Day, wishing you all the best and reminding you to be good, do the right thing, and keep asking questions. God bless.